It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Cleo Smith? I'll cover what's available so far, starting with the timeline of the crime, then I will move to my analysis. On October 15, 2021, four-year-old Cleo Smith, her mother Ellie Smith, her stepfather Jake Glidden, and her younger sister all went for a camping trip. The family arrived at the Quaba Blowholes campsite in Western Australia at about 6.30 p.m. The campsite is about 50 miles north of Carnarvon a coastal town with a population of about 5,000. This is where Cleo and her family lived. As another point of reference, the campsite is about 560 miles north of Perth, Australia. Cleo went to sleep at about 8 p.m. She was on an air mattress right next to her younger sister, who was sleeping in a cot. Cleo's mother, Ellie, was sleeping in another room in the tent. I didn't even know tents could have multiple rooms. Finding this out led to me researching this tangent for about 15 minutes. As it turns out, multi-room tents are a real thing, and quite popular. Who would have known? It would never occur to me that a tent would have or need multiple rooms. On October 16, at 1.30 a.m., Cleo asked her mother for a drink of water. This was the last time Cleo was seen before disappearing. At 6.20 a.m., Cleo's mother woke up and realized that Cleo was missing along with her sleeping bag. The zipper of the tent was pulled up higher than Cleo could have reached, so right away the involvement of a perpetrator was suspected. The police were called at 6.23 a.m., and they initiated an investigation. They searched the area, examined cell phone records, spoke to potential witnesses, and they searched Cleo's family home. They were looking for evidence of a stalker. Perhaps whoever had taken her had targeted her prior to the family's arrival at the campsite. On October 21, the Western Australian government offered a $1 million reward for information leading to the return of Cleo Smith. This is around $740,000 U.S. dollars. Hundreds of tips started coming in, and bounty hunters started traveling to the area. On October 24, the police started asking the public about a passenger vehicle that was driven south towards Carnarvon, between 3 and 3.30 a.m. on October 16th, the day Cleo went missing. After investigating a number of leads and piecing clues together, the police arrested a 36-year-old man named Terrence Darrell Kelly late on November 2. At 12.46 a.m. on November 3, the police raided a locked house in Carnarvon and found Cleo Smith alive and well. She was alone in the house. The lights were on. They found her in a bedroom playing with dolls. 
A detective asked her her name three times. After the third time, she responded, My name is Cleo. If a movie is ever made about this case, I have a feeling that Cleo herself just came up with the title. Cleo was reunited with her family. They report that she is doing well. The house where she was found was two miles from Cleo's residence. Terrence Kelly sustained injuries on two occasions while in custody. He was treated at a hospital both times. As I understand it, the first time he was injured by another inmate, and the second time his injuries were self-inflicted. He was charged with forcibly taking a child under 16 and various other offenses. He did not apply for bail. At this point, the police do not believe anyone else was involved in the crime. It appears as though Terrence was working alone. Terrence Kelly's neighbors had a few thoughts about him. One reported seeing him buying diapers at a local store, which they felt was unusual because he didn't have children. A neighbor said she heard the sound of a crying child coming from his house, but didn't connect it to the Cleo Smith case. One neighbor said that he was a very quiet guy and a bit of an oddball. It's also been reported that Terrence Kelly has a creepy doll obsession. Specifically, he appears to collect Bratz dolls. I guess that's like a brand name of creepy doll. Apparently, he would drive around the area with those dolls, do their hair, and take selfies with them. So already this has led to speculation that he's an atypical perpetrator. In one sense, he doesn't seem as dangerous, but in another sense, he seems much more dangerous. So it's all in how one interprets the creepy doll component. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Overall, it probably means... He's not as threatening, but again, a lot more information will come out about this case and I can get a clearer idea of what's going on with Terrence Kelly. Now moving to my analysis. Cases like the abduction of Cleo Smith often end poorly. The police rescuing Cleo is an amazing outcome. The police did an incredible job investigating her disappearance. They did just about everything right based on what we know at this point. They started searching for her and gathering evidence immediately. They dedicated a large number of officers to the investigation. The police worked through every lead that was available to them in a systematic manner. They intelligently pieced together the leads that were available and tried to form the entire picture of what was happening at that campsite. There were 110 people at the campsite. The police figured out who belonged there and who didn't. The police haven't revealed exactly what evidence led to the arrest of Terrence Kelly, 
but they did mention that a lead about a car and phone data were both important. We do know that Terrence Kelly only became a suspect right before he was arrested. This case is a great example of the police doing their job well. It's a testament to the value of using proper methods of criminal investigation and a testament to the value of hard work. They sifted through a lot of information and pieced together the puzzle. Apparently, they also searched through the trash on the side of the road. It's not glamorous work, but that's what it takes to run a thorough investigation. Let's take a look at what the research literature says about these types of kidnappings. The type of crime we see in this case is referred to as a stereotypical kidnapping. It is defined as a kidnapping in which a stranger or slight acquaintance moves a victim under 18 years old at least 20 feet or holds them for at least an hour and satisfies one of the following criteria, transporting the victim at least 50 miles, detaining them overnight, holding them for a ransom, intending to hold them permanently, or intending to kill them. This is a particularly dangerous type of kidnapping that is much more likely to result in death than when a family member is the perpetrator. Only about 0.1% of missing children cases in the United States qualify as a stereotypical kidnapping. Exact statistics for Australia are not known because this type of offense is not labeled separately in the data sets. So again, looking at the U.S. statistics, we see that 86% of perpetrators are male and the victims are predominantly female. The methods that the police use to investigate these cases has improved drastically over the last 20 or 25 years. In 1997, 57% of victims were recovered alive. In 2011, 92% survived. Using these statistics, it makes it seem as though the expected result of the Cleo Smith case was that she would be found alive. But in the cases where victims are rescued, the rescue often happens at some point between a few hours and three days of the abduction. Cleo was missing for over two and a half weeks. The outcome of her case was truly remarkable. So what do I think happened in the case of Cleo Smith? I think that the alleged perpetrator probably didn't plan the crime. Rather, he just saw a window of opportunity. Making entry into a tent and running off with a victim is very risky. The perpetrator was probably highly motivated. Perhaps this tied into some fantasy he had to possess a living doll, something that connects back to his creepy doll obsession. That's not known at this point. This particular crime did not involve any manipulation, at least not at the time of the abduction. Many of these crimes involve some type of deceit, like luring a victim. There's nothing like that here, as far as we know. The perpetrator of this crime is probably socially awkward, like creepy doll level socially awkward. Therefore, he's unable to rely on typical manipulation tactics to commit this type of offense. If one were to think about levels of social awkwardness, you could have, say, four. A low level of social awkwardness, moderate level, high, and creepy doll. Now moving to my final thoughts. The type of crime featured in this case is very rare, but unfortunately it still happens. Even though the police did an excellent job rescuing the victim in this case, society can't always count on that result. Prevention is the best way to avoid a bad outcome. This case had a positive ending that is inspirational, a reminder to never give up. It is also a reminder of how dangerous the world is and how seemingly random the threat of harm can be. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. 
This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars longa, vita brevis. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.